I think in what's like a stronger driving force than that is proving people right. So like now instead of me saying like, oh, I want to prove everyone wrong that doubted me. Now I want to prove like, you know, my coach who took a chance on me and made me the starter. I want to prove him right. I want to prove he made the right decision. I want to prove, you know, the people that believed in me and invested their time. Like I want to, you know, I want success for them and I want, you know, what really drives me, especially in those morning workouts and having won a championship is like working hard for my teammates and same thing in work. Like I really want to do the best I can at work because there's people counting on me and people that believed in me and, you know, took a chance on me when they don't really hire much out of entry level. So that's kind of instead of it, it, I kind of switched it from like trying to like prove everyone wrong to proving the people right that really took a chance on me and gave me an opportunity. Welcome to the Driving Force Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Chase Rosa, a former private equity analyst turned exponential performance coach and endurance athlete. This podcast will feature conversations with uniquely driven and authentic individuals across sports, business, and wellness who continue to achieve great things in their respective fields. By presenting their stories, uncensored and uncut, I hope to inspire you to take a step back, look within, and evaluate your path and journey. Today's guest is Max Adler. Max is currently a face-off specialist for the Denver Outlaws, a professional lacrosse team part of Major League, Major League Lacrosse. Max made his professional lacrosse debut in July of 2017, and since then has been arguably the best face-off specialist in the league. Last season, Max won a league-best 58.3% of face-offs and was named to the Major League Lacrosse All-Star team for the first time in his career. What makes this feat especially impressive is that Max barely made the lacrosse team his freshman year at Division II Bentley University. Lacrosse wasn't even his main sport in high school. When Max isn't training or playing, or playing lacrosse, he's a financial analyst at ESPN, working out of their headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut. It's probably been too long before I brought on a Bentley alum, and so I'm especially excited to share this conversation with my fellow Bentley University Class of 2017 graduate, Max Adler. Well, thanks for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. No, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think pretty cool idea what you're doing, especially listening to a couple episodes and heard about your path from private equity to this. So definitely a unique path, but really interesting. Yeah, thanks. How are you adjusting with the whole coronavirus situation? Honestly, it doesn't change my routine all that much. Um, I luckily found a gym to work out at. So that that was huge for me because I'm on a workout program. So, you know, I can do body weight stuff, but to not bench, to not deadlift, to not squat, you can't can't really recreate that. And this is the time I'm really getting ready for my season. So I got pretty lucky in that regard of finding a gym to work out at. And then, I mean, I work, you know, pretty much the same hours. It's just from home and play lacrosse every day after work. So, um, yeah, there's not there's not much that has changed. How's everything with you? How are you holding up? Uh, pretty good. It's kind of the same the same deal for me. I mean, with a podcast, it doesn't really change much, um, except I can't. I'll only be doing online or over the phone interviews for the foreseeable foreseeable future. Um, do you sometimes do in person? Yeah, um, I do. I actually prefer in person just because I find that conversation maybe flows a little better um, and the audio quality is, I guess, guaranteed better. So I love to do in person when I can. Uh, as far as the endurance training, it doesn't affect it too much, actually. Um, can still run outside and bike. Uh, yeah. the, the, the one big hit is the swim. I can't really swim because the gyms are closed and all the pools yeah. are closed. But that's the one one big kick I, I can i can still do like body weight stuff um like in my basement and stuff like that so uh not not too too bad no that's great yeah it's good that you know it doesn't have a huge effect and you know some people i know and some of my friends has an absolutely massive effect on so pretty crazy but um no it's good that we're not too affected by it yeah so how did uh i guess how did you get the opportunity for like the gym to open for you is it like open to like uh i guess pro athletes or something like no so i actually got really lucky um when all this was happening i kind of freaked out and i was like man i just put in so much work if the gym's closed and i lose all that that's gonna be 
you know, an issue. So I went on social media and this isn't, I'm not a big, like asking for things on social media, but I was just like, I posted like anyone in Connecticut have a gym, uh, please let me know, uh, you know, pretty much like a desk out of just pure desperation. Yeah. And, uh, someone like through a lacrosse connection in Connecticut, someone's a trainer and knows a guy that owns the gym and he used to play lacrosse and he's able to open it up just for me. Um, so I'm actually, the, it's like a big corporate gym and I'm the only one there. And, uh, <laughs> I kind of, it's, it's a little sketchy cause it's obviously not supposed to be open to anyone. So I have to like work out with the lights off and go in and out through the back door and stuff like that. But you know, at least it works and, uh, just have to be a little like quiet about where it is and stuff like that. So, uh, no, I'm really happy. And, you know, it's not like I'm the only one in there. So obviously there's not that much of a risk in terms of like, you know, seeing a bunch of different people and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, that's awesome that you got, uh, they got lucky on that. Yeah, no, I, cause I'd be, you know, it's already tough enough because I, you know, I live by myself and stuff like that, but I'd be losing my mind if I couldn't <laughs> work out. So I'm very yeah. happy that it worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. And how about on the lacrosse side? Uh, like- um, the, the, yeah, the lacrosse side, I just, you know, I train with two other people and uh, two other local people that live in Connecticut and just, you know, obviously try to limit our contact as much as possible. But you know, it's less than I think 10 people is what Connecticut says advises like under. So it's a lot less than 10 people. So I feel pretty comfortable there as well. And um, yeah, so really not a lot's changed in terms of my schedule besides not going to work. I, you know, eat at ESPN and everything like that. They have a great dining hall. So learning to cook and do everything like, you know, I don't go grocery shopping that much because I eat all three of my meals at ESPN. So that's definitely been like the biggest adjustment for me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. We're just crazy times. We're in. Yeah, it's unprecedented for sure. Uh, Well, cool. Um, uh, When I was, you know, doing some research for for this interview, um, there's a lot of interesting stories and kind of twists and turns in your life that ultimately led you to to working at ESPN and playing pro lacrosse. Um, But I think it'd be helpful to start in the beginning. So where did you grow up and go to high school and all of that? Yeah, so I'm I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida originally. um, And I went to a private high school that went from, you know, kindergarten all the way through, you know, senior year of high school. And in middle school, I was like pretty happy with it, had a ton of really close and great friends that I really liked. But I don't know, there's something like missing for, for me. And one of my dad's friends went to prep school and said, like, oh, he thought it'd be really great because I love sports and everything like that, that if I tried it out. And I was a little skeptical because being from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, there's really no one that goes, you know, to boarding school where up north in the northeast, it's a pretty common, you know, it's a couple kids from your town or a town go to prep school. You know, some towns it's a little different, but, you know, it's a pretty common thing. But everyone always was like, oh, what'd you do wrong? Like, why are you going to boarding school? And they would think like military school when it wasn't like that at all. So I went to Northfield Mount Hermon for high school, which was in Western Massachusetts. And I went there from ninth grade to 12th grade. So that's kind of where I went to high school. And, but I still like grew up in Florida, went home to Florida for all my breaks and everything like that. And still, you know, kept in pretty close contact with my friends from Fort Lauderdale. Gotcha. So I guess what was kind of the main driver uh, for you and, uh, going to boarding school in the Northeast? I guess just looking for like a better, like academic and athletic situation. Like I said, my dad's friend who I was pretty close with said like, you know, just go look at the schools. Like, I think you'd like it a lot. So I went and looked at them and I thought it was, you know, I liked the aspect of like, you know, being away from home and like living with your friends and sports and everything like that. And obviously like academically, it's a great situation. Um, So I liked that part of it, but was still pretty skeptical. And he really just said, like, try it for a year, see how you like it. You can always say, you know, you can always come back if you don't like it, but like, at least just try it for a year and see how you like it. So I pretty much was like, why not try it? Like, it seems like it could be a pretty good situation. And um, 
at first, honestly, it was a really tough adjustment for me. I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old living completely by myself in, you know, the Northeast without my parents or anything like that. Not that I was super dependent on them, but it was just so foreign for like, you know, none of my friends were in that same position. All my friends were back home at the same high school and I was away at a boarding school. So starting off, I remember my first couple months was pretty tough and I definitely wanted to come home. But once I got through that and really immersed myself in sports, um, I it was one of the best decisions I've ever made just because I think it prepared me so well for college, academically, athletically, and socially. So um, it was a tough transition at first, but I'm really happy I stuck it out and um, ended up really being a great experience for me. That's awesome. Was that your first experience of the Northeast winter too? Yes, it was my first experience for the Northeast winter. And my parents were always like, oh, yeah, like it's not that bad. Just get a heavy coat and stuff like that. But they visited in the fall and they visited in the spring, but they were really nowhere to be found in the winter. So um, it was it was a little tough. But um, like I said, I, I played sports. So it, the winter was wrestling season. So that that was my main sport in high school and really consumed most of my time. So uh, it was pretty easy to ignore the winter and just like kind of focus on that. It was a good distraction. Yeah. And how did you decide on wrestling? Um, so I played JV football my freshman year and the head JV football coach was the wrestling coach. And uh, his name's Rob Bouye. And he was just like, he liked how aggressive I was, but I was pretty undersized, especially my freshman year of high school. I think I was one of the smallest kids. And he was just like, yeah, like, I love your aggression and everything like that. You should, what are you doing in the winter? And I was like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm going to play hockey or basketball or something like that. Because in Florida, wrestling, you know, not very popular. I had no idea what it was. I thought wrestling was like WWE with like, you know, the chairs and everything like that. <laughs> so uh, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And my advisor was the JV hockey coach. So I said, like, you know, I played roller hockey. I was thinking about coming out for the team, but Northfield Mount Hermon had an incredible hockey team. And he's like, yeah, don't bother trying out. You're not going to make the team. Like, you've never really ice skated before. Like, it's not going to be worth it. And then our basketball team was also really, really good. Um, we won when I was there. They won national, the prep nationals. And I was, you know, like I said, pretty undersized. So that wasn't very feasible. And I was just like, well, like a couple of my good friends from the dorm did wrestling. And I was like, I guess I'll give it a try and absolutely loved it. Cause I'm like, you know, I was always used to going a lot against a lot bigger kids. And now I'm like, okay, like everyone's my size. And I'm like, this is awesome. So um, I really fell in love with it and uh, really enjoyed it. What, uh, I guess, what specifically did you really enjoy about it? The thing I think I liked the most about it was there's a direct correlation between how hard you worked and the success you'd have. And, you know, like it just because you weren't, you know, there's, there were kids that were wrestling since they were younger, but you know, if you worked harder than someone and wanted to win more, you could overcome that talent gap and really make up for it and effort. So that's what I really liked the most about it. Cause I was always a pretty hard worker and aggressive and everything like that. So um, I think that, that was really, really appealing to me. And then my coach was Rob and Rob Bouye. He was one of the best coaches I've ever had in any sport. So um, it was really cool just to learn from him and getting so much better to never playing the sport to really, you know, seeing yourself progress every day, every week, every practice. Um, that was really exciting for me. And uh, just, yeah, it was really cool. And like the guys on the team a lot who are still my close friends today. So it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Also, we were we also had were a very good wrestling team. When I was there, we didn't lose a single match in New England. We won New England's all four years, and we placed top five at prep nationals. So um, it was a pretty successful program. So that was pretty cool to be a part of as well. That's awesome. Um, and I'm somewhat familiar uh, with wrestling. Um, a couple of my cousins also wrestled in high school. Um, but is the main, the, I guess the main idea of it to just always stay on top? Yeah, it's, you know, take the person down, always stay on top. And then if you're on bottom, get out of bottom. Um, and yeah, always, it's pretty much always being like the physically dominant position. Got it.
and why didn't you end up pursuing uh, wrestling in college? Do you think? Yeah. So I really wanted to, I think in my class, my senior year, I think every single starting senior on the team wrestled division one, except for me. Um, and I, I really wanted to, but due to injuries, I wasn't able to pursue it. Um, I took a, I took a couple of recruiting visits and I had some real interest from schools and had a successful career, but due to concussions, I wasn't able to pursue it. So I just, uh, I mean, I played, you know, lacrosse for three years and, you know, never went to any recruiting quick camps or anything like that. But I was like, well, if I can't wrestle anymore, because the doctors told me I couldn't wrestle, I was like, I guess I'll try to play lacrosse somewhere. So I reached out to like a bunch of schools, like division three, division two schools saying like, is there any, you know, I'd really like to be part of the team. And, you know, most of them were just like, yeah, sorry. You're like, you know, they were honest and was like, yeah, your ability level's not there. Um, like, thanks for the interest. And Bentley, when I, you know, I was looking there and I knew I wanted to do something in business. So academically, it was a great fit. And when I toured the campus, our head coach, Jim Murphy, he was able to meet with me and pretty much just said like, yeah, well, you know, we'll give you an opportunity to try out and everything like that. And I was like, all right, like, that's awesome. So I knew if I got into Bentley that I would try to, you know, walk onto the lacrosse team and hopefully make it because I knew I still loved playing sports. And I definitely had some like unfinished business to do because, you know, I don't really think I hit my peak yet. And, you know, things were starting to come together a little, but I never really like had won anything or was the best or anything like that. So um, definitely wanted to keep pursuing it in um, in college at the next level. I knew I just wanted to play a sport and be involved in sports because that's what I loved and grew up doing. Yeah, so, um, so it was mainly due to the number of concussions that, that you had that kind of prevented you from pursuing it? Yeah, it was the number of concussions, and I got them in a pretty, like, rapid amount of time and came back too early. Gotcha. And, you know, it was just a whole mess of things that the doctors were just like, yeah, like, wrestling's not a good sport to do just because of, like, the constant, like, you know, headbutting and stuff like that that you can't really get away from. Yeah. Um, they say, like, a lot of wrestlers, they have, um, like, this, uh, you know, tremendous work ethic. Do you think that your a lot of I guess your work ethic kind of manifested through wrestling a hundred percent um I think yeah I think wrestling really set me up well because you know it was like wrestling I was cutting weight the practices were just brutal the conditioning you know 6 a.m double workouts sometimes triple workouts and then you know you're going and wrestling against the best kids in the country and it's just like you know, a pretty brutal sport. And that's what I, I really fell in love with, like the work ethic part. So it translated perfectly to lacrosse and especially facing off. Cause I, you know, I, wa I went to my, every lacrosse practice I've ever had wasn't nearly as tough as, you know, my easiest wrestling practice. Cause you know, mm -hmm. I could eat and drink and be fully hydrated and ready to go and didn't have to worry about cutting weight or anything like that, which was great. So, um, yeah, really, it was, I think, 100%. I used what I learned, and, you know, I saw myself go from never wrestling before to, you know, being a three-time New England place winner um, and everything like that, where then I was kind of back in that same situation in lacrosse where everyone was, like, an All-American or All-State on their team, and I was definitely on the bottom end of talent. So I knew, like I did in wrestling, I had to use my hard work, grit, determination to make up for that talent gap. Yeah, and I was I was going to ask you um, if wrestling, I guess, helped at all, and like maybe movement wise or strength wise with with your lacrosse game. For sure, especially because I face off. So I don't know how familiar you are with that position, but it almost looks somewhat like a wrestling match. And in terms of like leverage, and you're in that crouch position facing off. And in wrestling, it taught me to, like, be strong in those positions. Plus, it's a lot of a, like, one-on-one -on -one battle, which is the same, like, mindset and stuff like that you need for wrestling. So in terms of that, I think, like, you know, kids ask me, oh, how do I get better at face-offs? Like, what can I do? And I tell every single one, join the high school wrestling team. There's nothing better you can do, and there's nothing you can really do to recreate that. That's interesting. Uh, have you ever tried Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? 
as an aside? I never have. Um, I've heard really good things about it, but unfortunately, I've never had the time to do it. It's definitely something I would be really interested in, especially like UFC and all that. I listened to your UFC interview with, I think, your cousin. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty cool how he, you know, he started pretty late in it and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something I'd be interested in, but like with concussions and everything like that, probably wouldn't be the best thing for me to do. But Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I know I'm somewhat familiar with it. It's like grappling and, you know, you can do submissions. Um, but no, I've never done it, but, uh, it seems pretty interesting. Yeah, I think, I think you'd really like it. And I don't think the, the concussions would be a huge, huge factor. Um, no, honestly, but, um, so maybe, uh, I don't know, whenever your lacrosse days start to, to wind down, you might check it out. I would, no, I would and I'm it. sure it'd be a great, like, cross-training thing for lacrosse. Like, I wish I could – I wish there was somewhere I could still wrestle and stuff like that right now because, you know, I think it's really great conditioning that you can't get from anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I wish – I definitely think that's a good thing. I'd love to, like, go to a gym and just try it out for a day. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned – briefly before but um i guess was the main driver for why you decided to go to bentley was the fact that the coach i guess gave you an opportunity or would give you an opportunity to try out for the lacrosse team yeah and that was it and like give me a real shot not like you know like yeah like we're not you know because a lot of coaches told me like yeah you don't have the ability but he was just pretty much like yeah everyone's that you know square one is a freshman like we don't care really what you did in high school like you know this is college now so you have the chance to really prove yourself and um so i was just like all right like that's great and i mean lacrosse was really a bonus for me i was more because i to be completely honest like i wasn't sure lacrosse was i wasn't sure i was going to make the team and i really like didn't think i was going to just because of my lack of experience and you know this is college lacrosse like bentley plays in the ne10 which is a really tough conference so I just wasn't sure if I was going to be able to, um, you know, if I was like good enough to do it. So, you know, lacrosse was definitely a bonus for me, but I went to Bentley for the academic reasons. Okay. And so what was the, the tryouts experience like for you? Like, were you at all intimidated or, or nervous? Yeah, I was extreme because I knew like I and I was, you know, I, I was going to try out for the lacrosse team. So orientation and stuff like that, I was hanging out with all the lacrosse kids and I was like I really like these kids but I was like you know all these kids were really good in high school and I only played for three years and only started one year so didn't have a ton of experience and knew it was there was a ton of freshmen trying out in my class and they said they were going to cut a lot of them so I was like I like I don't really know if I'm going to make this team like it's going to be really tough and I face off and in my position there were including me five people so i was like you know that's a lot of face-off guys to take so i was like pretty nervous and intimidated about that um and the other kid who came in with me who was a face-off guy was an all-american face-off guy in high school so i was like man like this is really you know not a great you know, this isn't super optimistic. It's not like there's a hole in my position and I just can slide right in. It was going to be a real uphill battle for me. Yeah. And I guess when, when tryouts ended, did you like, uh, like, did you, I guess, just, just squeeze by and make the team or were you like pretty comfortably like uh, made it through? No, I, I just squeezed by and made the team and we, I'm trying to remember, but I know we had we had fall tryouts. And then I think there was also another tryout process in the spring. So I never felt like fully like I made the team. And then, you know, we wouldn't travel everyone. So then it was, you know, making that travel roster to actually travel and suit up for games. So then it was, you know, also trying to do that. So it was never – I never felt comfortable and – I I must have barely made the team. I mean, I was fifth string for faceoffs. I was one of, I think my freshman year, I took five faceoffs, which is barely any the entire year, um, and did not play much at all and just kind of squeezed, barely squeezed by. But somehow I made the, you know, dress roster and was able to travel to games, which was a great experience. And 
just was super happy to be on the team. Honestly, I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm actually play, like I'm on a college lacrosse team. So I was super happy and fortunate about that. Yeah. And what, what was it like for you to not really be able to play in any games during the season and kind of just, I guess, sit on the, sit on the sidelines? I mean, it was tough, but like it, I was still learning a lot. And I was, like I said, I saw myself getting better every practice because now I've never really like focused full time on lacrosse before or even in high school. I never really focused on just one sport. I was always playing multiple sports. Um, so then I really had the opportunity to just focus on lacrosse. And um, it was it was great. Like I, we had a Christopher Marmiani who really taught me how to face off was one of our assistant coaches. And he really took like extra time to work with me and show me the position. And it was great because, you know, I was getting better every time and I could see myself getting a lot better. But, you know, there was four other guys ahead of me on the depth chart. So that was pretty tough. But honestly, I was just pretty happy to be on the team. Um, I was never too mad about not playing. I was just like, I made the lacrosse team. Like, that's awesome. Uh, so, no, it was it was great. I guess the only time which wasn't, I guess it was a little upsetting as my parents came to watch a game from Florida and we were like in the couple games before that I was actually like getting in like the you know later minutes of the game and playing a little and we were playing a bad team that we knew we were going to beat so I was like okay great like you know my parents are actually going to see me play and uh, a couple of my friends came to the game too and I was playing in like the, the like end of like the previous I think like four or five games in that game for whatever reason, I'm not sure why didn't touch the field. And it was like cold and rainy. And my parents were like, and friends were like just standing on the sideline. My freshman year came all the way from Florida. And I was like, man, like this really sucks. Like they came all <laughs> yeah, the way tough. here to just like, you know, watch me. So I guess that was the only time, but I still thought it was cool that I was on the team. So, yeah. you know, that was like to like actually be on a college lacrosse team and everything <laughs> like that was pretty cool my freshman year yeah yeah that's awesome uh so i would think that you probably put in a a lot of extra work maybe outside of the scheduled team practices in order to get in order to get better because um it seemed like uh your progression from freshman year to senior year was was pretty pretty remarkable yeah so absolutely so i mean what was great my freshman year was i really got a taste of like okay like i'm getting better every single day like you know i'm not like just getting like a little better i'm getting a lot better because all i'm doing like i have practice every day i have you know i'm focusing all on lacrosse and i'm like this is great and i had like a face-off coach to show me the position so that summer I took a lot of the drills and really committed myself to the weight room. And I went back to Florida and trained with um, two of my best friends who are twins. One played football at Colgate, one played lacrosse at Hofstra. So we would work out together literally every single day during the summer. We would play lacrosse, we'd work out, we'd run. And that really got me a lot better because just training with them who were at like the division one level and were very good um that I think really helped me that year and I was just like all right like you know I want to work as hard as I possibly can and come back in the best shape possible and you know ready to go and do whatever I need to do to you know I I realized like I want to like actually contribute to the success of my team and wanted to work as hard as I possibly could to do that so yeah just putting in extra work during the summer um and everything like that really helped me yeah, and so when did you start seeing significant game time? So I remember, so I worked extremely hard my freshman summer, and I remember the first day of fall ball, I was taking the faceoffs, and I think it was pretty clear I was the number one guy. And I went, so I went from number five to number one wow. in one summer. And um, yeah, so then I think I started every single game that my sophomore year um, and got, you know, all New England and had a pretty good, uh, I think I was around like 60% and, you know, had a very good sophomore year, especially like, you know, where I was just a year ago. That's awesome. So your performances uh, like were really good at first. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Going from, I mean, there were definitely a couple, there were definitely games where I struggled. Um, I remember my sophomore year, we had to beat Pace to get into the playoffs. 
and it was on spring day and we all had to, we had to go all the way to Pace, New York to play. <laughs> and I remember I had a, the worst game of the season and it was our last game. And I think we lost by a goal. And so as good as a sophomore year I had, like that, that game filled me because, you know, like facing off, it's getting your team possession and stuff like that. So you can have a positive impact on the game, but you can also be, you know, one of the reason, big reasons your team loses and we lose a one goal game and I pretty much lost. I think I won like two face-offs the whole game and I got pulled from the game and it was, you know, left a really bad taste in my mouth. So definitely a lot of like drive going into that next season. Yeah. And um, I guess for people who aren't that familiar with the Claros that are listening, um, I guess what is the job of the face-off person? Yeah. So after every goal, there's a face off the beginning of the game, the beginning of every quarter, there's a face off. So you can score. And then if you win that next face off, your team gets the ball right back. You can score again. Or if you're getting scored on and you can win that face off, you can stop momentum. So you can really swing momentum one way or the other. And your job's pretty much the ref says down, set, go, and you clamp over the ball and pretty much fight for the ball to get possession for your team. And it's a pretty, like, specialized position. I think, like, somewhat like a place kicker in football, but you're a little more active because you can really control the flow of the game. Got it. So, I guess, in the position, is it, is it important to be, like, I guess, be really quick in terms of, like, fast twitch muscles and but also, like, really strong? Yeah, it's definitely speed and strength, speed being number one. I'd say like, yeah, speed's number one, technique's number two, and strength's number three. Okay. And when it when you got to senior year, you, you were pretty close to almost leading the nation in face-offs one, right? Yep. So, yeah, when I got to senior year, so, so my junior year, so after my sophomore year, I had the terrible taste in my mouth of the pace game, and I was just like, you know, I don't ever want to be the reason my team loses again and miss, we missed out on the playoffs that year, you know, and like terms of letting the seniors down, the coaches down and everything like that, I definitely, you know, carried the weight and that burden. So, you know, I kind of made the decision that like I, I was like, I could be really good at this. And one of my, my goals and one of the things I wrote down was to be a first team All-American not so much for like the accolade of it, but because I knew if I could get to that level, I could really help my team out because that, you know, you're winning the vast majority of the face offs So that's really going to help your team get possession, score more goals and everything like that. So I kind of set my mind to that. And I started training with Joe Nardella, who was the Harvard assistant coach. He went to Rutgers and played for the Boston Cannons. So I used to go to every single one of his sessions and face off against him and face off against all the Harvard and BU kids that were local. And I think that really helped take my game to the next level because I was facing off against pro guys and, you know, going division two to, you know, the top of division one and pro guys. It was a huge jump, but just prepared me so well for that next season. Uh, was that was that during the summer or was that during the school year? That was during the fall. So I do our 7 to 9 a.m. practices, go to class, and then I'd work out after class, and then I'd take an Uber to uh, Harvard to train with uh, Joe Nardella, who was the Cannon's face-off guy and the Harvard kids and BU kids. So um, that was during the fall and just really committed myself to doing that, which paid huge dividends because, you know, no one – I was going against the pro, one of the best pro guys, so no one I was going to face all year – would be even close to as good as that. Wow, must have been must have been pretty busy that fall. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was really busy, but at the same time like I loved doing it. Like I was getting a lot better and I knew like, you know, I had that goal of being an all-American, so I knew that was like, you know, one of the things I had to do and would help me get there and you know, that's what was important to me. So, um it wasn't really that much of a sacrifice. It was definitely a lot of work, but I really enjoyed it. Gotcha. And uh, I guess, would you say that you apply the same, I guess, intense work ethic to school as you did lacrosse while you're at Bentley? A hundred percent. So Bentley actually put me on the wait list. Um, and that definitely, I had a huge chip on my shoulder yeah, from that. Yeah, something to prove, yeah. 
Yeah, because I was like, you know, putting you on the wait list is saying you're not good enough. Like, we don't really think you're good enough here. If anything opens up, we'll, you know, I guess we'll fill, we'll use you as like a filler spot. So that made me, you know, that definitely pissed me off a lot. And right out of the gate, I wanted to prove like that I could do it academically. So I also wanted to be an academic All-American because of getting put on the wait list at Bentley. And I wanted to show, you know, admissions that they messed up and they should look at more than just like, you know, GPA and test scores and stuff like that. Um, so yes, I took the same exact work and that was preached by our coaching staff too. Like you're not just here for lacrosse, like you're here to be, you know, a student athlete and student coming first and everything like that. So yeah, for me, I mean, the expectations were the same, if not higher in the classroom. So really committed myself to the academics here. And I liked it too, because it was about business. I knew I wanted to do business. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was a really good fit. And majored in finance too, right? Yep. I majored in corporate finance and accounting. So, um, yeah, it was definitely what I was interested in. And I think the prep school I went to prepared me extremely well for that because I was already used to, you know, being on my own and, you know, having to me be the one to do my homework and, you know, no, my parents weren't telling me to do it. Yeah. And, uh, a CFA major is one of the, the tougher majors at Bentley as well. So for um, sure. The accounting classes were definitely tough. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, no, it was good. It was a good, good balance, but no, happy I did it. Definitely. It was worth it. What was your major? Uh, straight finance, straight finance. Okay. I mean, that's still really tough too. Cause you really get into those, you know, some of those, higher level finance classes are pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still say the, the higher level accounting courses kind of take the cake, but, um, still, still tough. Yep. No, I agree. So heading into graduation, did, did you want to play lacrosse professionally? Like, was that at all the goal of yours? Uh, not really. Honestly, I was just like, you know, I had, I was just like, you know, I'll, I, I didn't even really think about it. Um, I just, it was, you know, I didn't, cause you know, a lot of division two kids, unless you're the top division two kid, like number one by far, um, you're probably not going to get drafted. So I honestly, it didn't really come to mind that much. I thought it'd be cool to do, but I didn't, you know, I had a pretty good senior year, but nothing crazy. Like I wasn't completely dominant. So I, I just didn't really think like, it didn't really, you know, I didn't really think it'd be an option. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, if you would have asked me, I would have said, yeah, like that'd be cool, but wouldn't really have thought it'd be a realistic possibility. Gotcha. And then, so did you, did you have like a job lined up after graduation? Yeah. So I was actually my senior year, I interned at an investment bank and I was going to okay. do my master's and help coach at Bentley for a year just to kind of figure out, you know, exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing my CPA since I just just to have that background. So I was thinking about going that route. Um, but so my senior year, my my season ended and then they do a north south division one and two all star game. So that's where you play with division one uh, kids as well. And it was right before the draft. So I remember I was a late addition to the team because, um, like, you know, you don't have to, like, not everyone goes because people are, you know, doing, like, trips with their senior class and stuff like that. So I was in the Bahamas, and I remember getting a call and asking me if I wanted to do that. And I'm, like, you know, sitting on a beach drinking a pina colada, <laughs> ask, and they're asking me if I want to play in the Division One and Two All-Star game. And I, I don't know why I said yes, but I was like, it was like the, I think two days after I got back or something like that. I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. Like, sure. I'll do it. It's in Providence. Like my dad wow. was coming up for graduation. I know he really wanted to, you know, watch me play one more time and it was in Providence. So a lot of my friends I knew could come and I was like, you know, why not? Like, it'll be a fun, like last game for me to do. Um, so I got picked for the team and I ended up, uh, so I was one of two face-off guys, and the other face-off guy was a kid who went to Princeton who was an All-American, and he got drafted actually by the Denver Outlaws, my same team. Um, but he also played midfield, which is rare, because usually a face-off guy just does face-offs. And 
And I was like, I went up to him before the game and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, let me know when you get tired and I'll go in for you. Cause this kid was like one of the best players in the country. And he's like, yeah, like I'm not taking any face-offs. Uh, you can take all the face-offs this game. And I'm like, what? And then he's like, yeah, like, I don't want to take any. He's like, I just want to play midfield. And I'm like, all right, well, you at least need to start the game because, you know, you're one of the best players in the country and, like, you know, you got to start the game. And he goes, no, like, I don't want to. And he's a super humble, nice kid. His name's Zach Currier. And he's one of my best friends now because, you know, we played for three seasons together. But so he really gave me, like, the opportunity. I ended up playing really well that game and I got MVP of the division one and two all-star game. And it was right before the draft. So a lot of coaches were there and it was the final four weekend. So it was already, all the coaches were already there. And from that game, I think that's where I was able to, you know, in the late round, the coach to be like, okay, like we'll take a chance on him. Got it. Okay. That, That starts to make sense now. So was it soon after that, that you get the call from the Denver outlaws? Yeah, so that game happened, I want to say, on Friday. And then the draft, I think, was Saturday or Sunday. And I it was at it was during the Final Four weekend. And I remember I was at the Division II National Championship game. And the draft was going on. And I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't paying attention to it at all. And I get a call from Tony Seaman, who was the GM of the Denver Outlaws, saying we just drafted you and I thought <laughs> I thought it was like one of my friends calling as a joke so you know I was like who is this like and he's like Tony Seaman from the Denver Outlaws so I was like okay like this is awesome um so yeah I ended up getting dra- I ended up getting drafted and it was it was awesome because I was like with all my friends at the division two national championship watching that game um so I was like wow like you know I got drafted in like one of the later rounds too so a lot of like the late round, you don't actually end up playing. So I thought it was cool. I got drafted. Like maybe I'd get like an opportunity to like go to a practice or something like that. So I was pretty excited about that, but didn't really know what to expect. Wow. That's uh that's super cool, man. Um, so you get drafted. Did you see any game time initially? Yeah. So I, I got drafted and I think like, a week after that, the Denver Outlaws were playing the Boston Cannons. And I was living in Alston, working in Boston. And they're like, and they called me and they're like, we want you to come to practice Friday night, the game Saturday. And what they pretty much said, just because you're drafted, which I didn't realize, just because you're drafted doesn't mean you're on the team. It just means you're drafted to the team. So they call me and say, this is going to be your tryout. And we're going to decide if we want to keep you or not, because we can only have a certain amount of people on the roster. So I was like, oh, my God, like now I actually have to, like, go and make this team. So when I got drafted, the only the reason I got drafted was because the kid I was telling you about, Zach Courier, who let me play, they traded away our backup faceoff guy so they could move up in the draft to get Zach Courier. So. Um, anyways, I go to the practice and at the end of practice, they go, okay, Max and Zach, you guys face off against each other. And then we're, if Max, if you do well, we're going to keep you and you're going to be our backup face off guy. But if not, we're just not going to keep you. So I was like, all right. And I, I end up doing really well against Zach. I don't know if he was really trying just cause he's such a good offensive player. I think he wanted nothing to do with face off. So I ended up doing well against him and they're like, they were just like, okay, like we'll keep you around. And um, I was like, all right, like, great. So just, so me being the backup, you can only, you could only dress a 19 man roster. And so now I'm on the team, but they have their starting faceoff guy who was one of the best faceoff guys in the league. And I, you know, they don't dress to face off guys. So I'm not traveling. I'm, you know, doing my investment banking internship, trying to stay in shape. But as you're familiar with the hours, it's a little tough. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm like, okay, like I'm probably not going to get a chance to play, but like, if I do, I want to be ready to go. So I just like work out after work and play lacrosse and really just do whatever I could. Um, And I remember during the all-star game, our face-off guy was in the all-star game and I was watching it and he goes down during the all-star game. And 
like a minute later, I get a call from our coach and they're like, yeah, you're starting the next game. Like you're, it was in Ohio and you're, they're like, be ready to go. You're our starter. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like super nervous. I'm like, okay. Like I, you know, I'm like, I, like I'll do what I can, but like extremely nervous. And um, Ohio's faceoff kid was actually a division two kid, but he was, he was the kid that would always get first team all American over me. He was a four time first team all American. He'd always get face off guy of the year and set every record. And he played at limestone. So he was in a different conference in the South and I never got to go against them. So that was who I was going against my first game. So I was definitely a little uh, nervous and intimidated by that. Wow. So how does it, I guess, how does it work to be on a team from Denver while you're like working in Boston, like as far as yeah. like, practicing and like games and stuff? Yeah. So you're kind of on your own for practice. Um, they fly you out Friday. So I, so when I went to Ohio, I flew out Friday. I practice Friday night with the team. You play Saturday and you fly home Sunday. So that's kind of like the weekly schedule during the summer. Got it. And does the, the does the season last through the summer? Is that when the season is? Yeah. So the season goes from right now. They kind of switched up the timing of it, but right now it's from or last season it was from June, and then I think we played the championship uh, like the first week of October. Got it. And what's the what's the league called? Major League Lacrosse. Okay. And do they pay you? <laughs> yeah no so we get paid um not a ton but we do get paid and uh pay for our flights hotels food everything like that so i mean you definitely can make a living off it there's guys that you know do lacrosse do lacrosse clinics coach and are full-time lacrosse there's also a lot of guys like me who work in like finance or and do something like that um so it's nice how you can kind of do both yeah, that's cool. So, um, as far as like a time commitment goes during the season, is it, I guess, mainly like practicing on your own and then, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is you're traveling to games. Yes, exactly. So practice Friday night, we do a walk through Saturday, play Saturday night and fly home Sunday. So that's pretty much our time commitment during the season. Okay. So I would guess you you have to probably sacrifice some, I guess, social life during that time. Yeah, you definitely do. But at the same time, I mean, we go out after every one of our games, um, okay. which is a ton of fun because, like, you know, it's with all your teammates and stuff like that. So, yeah, so. Um, no, it's it's great. I mean, I think it's it's a lot of fun. And I like going out. I like having fun. But I don't think of it as, like, a huge sacrifice just because it's so cool to, like, play with the best players in the world, especially coming right. from Division Two. So, um, no, I really enjoy it, but you know, it's not like I can't go out, you know, Thursdays and, you know, the random days during the week. And there's definitely things I miss out on, but, um, I'm okay with that right now in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Uh, and through lacrosse, you also have the opportunity to travel to Israel and play on their national team to compete at the world championships. Yep. So that was a really, <laughs> yeah. Really how did that cool come about? So that came about, um, I think they just were like looking for Jewish lacrosse players and they do like a birthright type trip. Okay. Um, actually it was a winter, it was a winter service trip I went on and I was like one of the chaperones and it's two weeks during the winter, right around new year's. And you go and tour like schools in Israel and coach lacrosse. And then you're also, you know, seeing all the landmarks and going to Jerusalem and stuff like that. So I am Jewish, not very religious at all, but I thought like the cultural aspect of it was pretty cool. And I was coaching and teaching lacrosse, which I enjoyed doing. Um, so I really loved it. And uh, after that trip, they're just like, yeah, like, would you be interested in playing on our national team this summer? And I was like, yeah, like, that'd be awesome. Um, I was like, and they're like, yeah, well, you got to come live in Israel for two months and you have to become an Israel citizen. And at that time, I was at grad school at Bentley. Okay. Um, and I was just like, you know, I was like, I'd have to, you know, 
not do grad school anymore at Bentley um, and go live in Israel. And I was just like, you know, I talked to my parents about it and I was like, this is a, you know, really cool experience, especially getting to compete in the world championships. And that year Israel was hosting the world championships. And, you know, it was, I think it was like 10 degrees in Boston and in Israel, it was like 80 degrees and I was on the beach and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll come live here for two months. Uh, so I lived there for two months, coached uh, lacrosse at schools, worked for Israel lacrosse, trained with their national team, and then went back home so I could play for the Denver Outlaws and then came back during the summer um, and competed in Israel at the World Championships. So it was an awesome experience. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. That's cool. So did you have to like leave your MBA at Bentley to do that? Yeah. So I was just doing a master's in finance. Um, but I, yeah, so I, I did not, I was doing, I think I did one or two online classes while I was in Israel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was not no longer a full-time student or anything like that. And, um, yeah, ended up just living in Israel. So it worked pretty well. Uh, I liked it a lot and it was a really cool experience. So how did your team end up doing? I think we took we took seventh um out of you know 50 something countries so oh wow so there are a lot of countries that compete in it yeah i think they were 48 or 40 or 50 i don't know it was something like that um so yeah a lot of countries competed in it um we lost a really close game to australia who ended up taking fourth and it it was i we definitely wanted to you know, because you want a medal, you want to either win the uh, gold, silver, or bronze medal. So it was a little disappointing not getting to play in that bronze medal game because I think we were good enough to play in it. Um, so I mean, as cool as the experience was, I do think we underperformed a little, and um, it was a cool experience. But I definitely wasn't happy in terms of how we, you know, how we finished in the end result. Yeah. So, uh, so who's like the, I guess, lacrosse powerhouse country? I would, I would guess it's probably the U.S., right? So, yeah, U.S. and Canada kind of go back go back and forth. Um, the U.S. beat Canada uh, on a last-second goal in 2018. I think Canada won the two before that. And then Iroquois is always the third best team. Um, I- so, I- Iroquois? <laughs> yeah, it's like a um, – it's a tribe right in – it's right near like upstate New York. Um, okay. and they're really good at lacrosse. So, wow. That's really, um, that's interesting. Yeah. They're always, they can compete with the U S and Canada. Um, and then indoor lacrosse, they compete with Canada for the gold medal. It's usually Iroquois and Canada in the gold medal game. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really good as well. And then Australia is usually that fourth team. England got really good. Um, so, yeah, no, it's there's some pretty good countries. Japan is really good as well. So, yeah, there's there's some really good countries that are, you know, real up and coming and starting to become really good. Huh, that's, that's interesting. And lacrosse is it's starting to um, gain a lot of po- popularity, uh, I guess, globally, right? Yes, yeah, it's really, you know, Israel, like, it's really, you know, a lot of kids are playing and yeah, globally, it's really starting to gain a ton of popularity. They're really trying to push to get it in the next Olympics in Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really starting to gain a ton of popularity worldwide on the global level. Mm-hmm. So I guess, um, post Bentley and through your kind of like pro lacrosse days, when, uh, when did you get the job at ESPN? So I actually, so I was looking for jobs and my, the Denver Outlaws are owned by the Broncos or we were owned by the Broncos before Pat Bolin died because he was the owner of the Broncos and the Outlaws. Um, so I was able to talk to the president of our team who was, is one of the executive for the Broncos. And I was like, I knew I wanted to do something in finance and sports, but I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do because, you know, I was passionate about finance, but really loved sports. And he's like, you should really try to work at a media company. 
Um, and he's like working for a sports team, you know, there's not, there's not a ton of like the strategy and finance roles that you would think of. It's a lot of like accounts payable. And I wasn't super interested in that. So I remembered from one of our Bentley lacrosse alumni games, there was a Bentley lacrosse alum that worked in finance at ESPN. So, uh, his name is Nick Masit, and I reached out to him and I was just like, Hey, like, would love to hear just an informational interview. Would love to hear kind of a little bit about what you do um, and set up an informational interview with him. And I was just like, yeah, like, you know, if there's any type of opportunities, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to have the opportunity to apply or something like that. And he goes, yeah, right now, you know, we don't have a ton of opportunities. It's we don't really, you know, recruit from entry level. So He's like, I'll let you know if anything opens up. And, you know, when someone says that, you think, all right, like, yeah, I'm sure. Or like, I don't I'm not going to, you know, hold my breath. But yeah. um, they ended up someone having someone going to grad school. And um, I ended up inter- I ended up being able to interview for the role. And I was doing Skype interviews when I was in Israel. So, you know, the timing is completely different and everything like that. And uh I'm able to, I was able to do all the Skype interviews. Then literally, I think like the second day I was back in the United States when I was back from Israel, I went to ESPN and did my in-person interview and um, ended up getting the job there. So right away, I was like, this is perfect, exactly what I'm looking for and uh, ended up working out. So I was really excited about that. They were supportive of me doing lacrosse and working at ESPN. So it was really the perfect fit. That's awesome. So, uh, is your role there like financial analyst? Yep. I'm a financial analyst there. Um, I work in the affiliate revenue group. So, um, yeah, really, really enjoy it there. And so is that ESPN headquarters? Yeah. Yep. So I'm in Bristol at ESPN headquarters, but, uh, my group's actually a COE which means we do it. So we used to just do ESPN, but now we do all the affiliate revenue for the Walt Disney company. So now I get to see, you know, the Disney side of it. And then we just acquired 21st century Fox. So also get to see that side of it as well. So, um, yeah, at first it was just ESPN, but now it's cool to see the entire Walt Disney company. So, um, yeah, no, it's going pretty well and really like it. That's cool. What's it like to, I guess, work there at ESPN? It's awesome. Uh, like, you know, they have the gym and you see all the famous people, you know, walking around and yeah. a couple of them I work out with and, you know, they're, they, you know, some of them really like lacrosse and see me wearing lacrosse stuff and they'll ask me about it. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, it's cool to be involved in a company like that. And what was really special was I started working there in August and we played we played the championship in August and I remember I started rookie camp right before that, which is our orientation. And the day after we won the championship was my first day of work. So it was cool to like get a, get to play on ESPN and then the next day start working for them, you know. So it was yeah. a pretty cool way to go start working. So no, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Um so I guess, what does your daily routine look like nowadays? Yeah, so I guess we'll talk like what it's normally like when I'm going into work. Um, but every day I wake up at five in the morning and I go uh, to ESPN to work out. So I work out there from like six to eight, shower there, get some food, start start working at like, you know, eight, eight thirty. Probably have a um, probably have a really good gym there. <laughs> yeah, they have a great gym. So um great gym, great cafeteria. So, you know, work there. Um I'll grab during lunch I'll grab something for dinner as well and I'll eat at my desk and then right after I'm done with work I'll go and I'll play lacrosse. And then uh after lacrosse just try to get to sleep as early as possible and you know, kinda rinse and repeat and do it again. Yeah. Right. And um, during the season, I guess the really only thing that changes is Fridays, depending on where I'm playing, is I'll take the earliest flight I can. So I'll try to get like a 5 a.m. flight, let's say to Denver, and I'll get to Denver and then work all day at my hotel and then um, practice Friday night, play Saturday, 
come home, fly home Sunday, and I coach on Sunday nights. So um, I coach Sunday nights throughout the year as well, doing my own face-off clinics in Connecticut. Oh, that's cool. Um, so as, as I was going to ask, like, through your, I guess, success in pro lacrosse, like, have you been able to kind of give back to your community at all through, like, teaching lacrosse clinics? But it, it sounds like you you do. Yes, I do. And, like, that, those are my own clinics. And then I also try to just do, like, free clinics and help out the yo- local youth lacrosse as much as I possibly can. Um, just cause you know, I really enjoy that. And you know, some of those kids, like, especially facing off where you don't need, you know, the most skill ever. And it's something where you can really work hard and get good. If I can teach a kid like the, you know, baseline of it, they can get really good and, um, you know, use that hard work and what I taught them to really build off of it. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, what's kept you driven from, you know, like, let's say high school to now, like what's been your kind of driving force, um, behind your, your work ethic, um, through in, in lacrosse and through business? Yeah. So I think especially like through lacrosse and sports at first, it was, you know, having a chip on my shoulder and saying like, you know, Oh, I didn't get a chance and like all that. And, you know, coming from D2, having like a chip and trying to prove people wrong. So that's what it originally was. But I think in what's like a stronger driving force than that is proving people right. So like now, instead of me saying like, oh, I want to prove everyone wrong that doubted me. Now I want to prove like, you know, my coach who took a chance on me and made me the starter. I want to prove him right. I want to prove he made the right decision. I want to prove, you know, the people that believed in me and invested their time. Like I want to, you know, I want success for them and I want you know, what really drives me, especially in those morning workouts and having won a championship is like working hard for my teammates and same thing in work. Like I really want to do the best I can at work because there's people counting on me and people that believed in me and, you know, took a chance on me when they don't really hire much out of entry level. So that's kind of, instead of it, it, I kind of switched it from like trying to like prove everyone wrong to proving the people right. That really took a chance on me and gave me an opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a much more healthier uh, and probably more sustainable, I guess, drive factor um, than proving people wrong. Exactly. And I don't know, I feel like today, like everyone wants to act like they have a huge chip on their shoulder and they want to prove everyone wrong. And by doing that, they're not really grateful for all the people that did give them the chance. And it's so much just focusing on the negative rather than now I'm really trying to focus on the positive and focus on everyone that you know, really helped me out and took a chance on me. Yeah. Right on, man. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Well, uh, I guess before we wrap this up, if you had the chance to go back and talk to first semester, freshman year, Max at Bentley and give him some words of advice or wisdom, what would you tell him? I, I don't want this to come off as cocky or anything like that, but I don't think I would say anything purely because like, I wouldn't have, like, I don't want to tell myself my freshman year, like, oh, everything's going to work out. Just keep working hard. I think, like, having that uncertainty of not knowing if it worked out really drove me to do as well as I could academically and athletically. So I I don't really know if I'd say anything because I'm pretty happy how everything worked out. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to take away from my drive at all by saying, like, Oh, like, you know, like just keep working hard. Everything will work out. Cause you know, I had to like, if I would have just, Oh, everything's going to work out. Maybe I wouldn't have worked as hard or maybe I wouldn't, you know, maybe I would have skipped a practice or two or wouldn't have spent that extra hour studying. And I'm really happy I did. So, um, I, I, I don't want, once again, I don't want this to come off as like conceded or anything like that, but I, I don't think I would say anything just cause I don't, I wouldn't want to tell myself, Oh, everything's going to be okay. Or like, you know, just keep working hard. I think I needed that like extra motivation of uncertainty to really drive myself. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think that sounds uh, conceited at all. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, maybe just not kind of not wanting to psych yourself out during that time. And for some people, um, I guess that uncertainty can be uh, a factor that kind of like propels you forward, um, like in your case, but maybe for some others it won't, uh, it doesn't. Yeah. It makes sense. No, I mean, and like definitely I didn't make all the right decisions and was not perfect in any way. So I guess I could say one thing, 
maybe like pay a little more attention to like, you know, relationships and family and stuff like that. Cause sometimes I'd be so focused on like, you know, school and everything like that, that I would kind of get lost and not like, you know, take a step back and be like, you know, try to like develop relationships a little bit better and check in with my family a little bit more. So um, I guess that's what what I would tell myself is just like, you know, set a little aside, a little extra time for that. Yeah. Right. Well, awesome. Um, this has been great. Um, great chatting with you and uh, thanks again for coming on, Max. Uh, I really appreciate it. No, anytime. And I, like I said, I've listened to your podcast. I think it's awesome. So um, no, I really appreciate it. If there's anything you need or any way I could help you promote this, definitely let me know. So really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, where can people go to follow you on social media if they want to keep up with kind of what you're doing with lacrosse and everything else? Yeah. So I think I'm, I use Instagram the most and my Instagram name is maxman9, M-A-X-M-A-N-9. On Twitter, it's maxman underscore nine nine. Um, so I guess those are the two places that uh, I'm most active on, on social. Cool. Uh, and you guys can also follow me on Instagram at chaserosa4 for updates on new episodes and on my endurance training journey. Uh, thanks everyone who's listening and see you next time.